0: welcome everyone to dead talk live i'm your host viz and i want to welcome all of you guys joining me tonight hope you could spend the next hour with us if this is your first time joining us and want more information about our show please visit us on the web at debttalklive.com. and if you haven't visited us on our youtube channel we have changed our youtube channel's name it is now called Dead Talk Live, and I'll get into that more in just a few seconds. I want to welcome some of our regulars here tonight. Of course, we have Saz, who is going to be moderating, as always. We have Khaleesi, Eric is with us, CC Weezy, AJ, Lindsay Sparks. Welcome to all you guys on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. On Instagram, we have Carter joining us, Herschel Zhao is with us, Hugo is joining us, Emmanuel, Rolo, and of course, Marie is moderating on Instagram. So, big news today. Exciting stuff happening here at Dead Talk Live. Uh, Some of you may have noticed that we have changed our social media name uh, throughout instagram twitter facebook and youtube from walking dead now to better reflect the show and it's now dead talk live and it doesn't mean a whole bunch of change to content is going to remain uh pretty pretty similar we're expanding we are expanding the scope of this show we are expanding the scope of our social media On this show, we are going to be having a lot more guests related to the horror genre, uh, past and present. Uh, A lot more Walking Dead guests. We are going to be just expanding uh, our reach to further out uh, into the horror entertainment genre. A lot more Walking Dead, a lot more zombies, a lot more guests. Uh, related to The Walking Dead and beyond, so it's an exciting time, and that's why I'm actually two minutes late today. So I apologize for starting two minutes late, but there's a lot of changes going on, and I'm in the middle of it, and it's kind of keeping me pretty tied up. But I wanted to definitely share the news with you guys. A lot of ex- stuff, a lot of exciting stuff coming down the pipeline. So stay tuned because. It's going to be happening, and it's going to be happening very soon. I hope you guys got to watch our interview yesterday with uh, Zoe Colletti, who plays Dakota on Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, It was a fabulous interview, and it was great to hear from Zoe herself. And we have uh, some more upcoming guest announcements. Like I just promised, we're going to be getting a lot more guests, and I have a brand new one to announce tonight. Uh, As of today, we have confirmed that Alexa Nisenson, who plays Charlie on Fear the Walking Dead, will also be a guest here very soon. We have not uh, nailed down a date yet, but it looks like it's going to be very, very, very soon. So please, as always, keep checking our website, DeadTalkLive.com and any of our social media which is now called dead talk live on instagram facebook youtube and twitter to as soon as we get a date confirmed with alexa who of course plays charlie on fear of the walking dead we will go ahead and post it so you guys will know exactly when to tune in so we had zoe yesterday great conversation Normally, Mondays is when we do our rundown of Fear of the Walking Dead and World Beyond. We got to do a little bit of that yesterday with Zoe. Uh, but today, we're going to dive full into the episodes that we saw this past Sunday. We're going to be talking about uh, episode six of Fear of the Walking Dead. This coming Sunday, guys, is the mid season finale of Fear. And we're also going to talk about episode 7 of The World Beyond. Boy, Silas is in trouble. Uh, We don't know what happened, uh, but Silas, uh, he killed Tony. He killed Tony. We don't know the backstory. We don't know what happened. We don't know that much about Tony. All we really know is that he's a grifter. He came across as being a good guy, a nice guy and all that. But what happened in that bathroom? All right. A lot of questions. What happened in that bathroom? Now, we know Silas has some rage issues. That goes without uh, a doubt. CC Wheezy says Silas might be a psychopath. I do not think so. Uh, he definitely knows right from wrong he has anger issues and it's dangerous because he cannot control those anger issues he's not a psychopath uh he knows right from wrong it's just that he gets into these rages that he cannot control uh as opposed to somebody who just lacks total remorse does not have a conscience that is not silas Silas is not a psychopath. Uh, So what happened in that bathroom? Uh, Did Tony try to do something to him? Like I said, we don't know what Tony's about. Did he try to do something to him in that bathroom that invoked the rage of Silas? But it was a real shocker. And when we got to see what Silas did to his face, uh, wow, okay, he is a strong kid to put it mildly, he did not just beat him to death. He crushed the entire front, his entire face. He bashed it in. It was unrecognizable. In fact, CC Weezy messaged me over the weekend to uh, to make sure that that was Tony on the ground because he was unrecognizable. But it was, it was Tony. And from what we got to see in the teaser trailer for next week's episode, it appears that we're going to get something similar to what Carol had to do with Lizzie back in The Walking Dead. Uh, Remember Lizzie? Uh, You know, played brilliantly by Brighton Charbonneau, where uh, Carol had to end up killing Lizzie because she was a danger to the rest of the community. And it looks like something very similar is going to be playing out on World Beyond. uh, From what we saw in the uh, post-episode trailer, they are going to leave Silas behind. They're not just going to exile him, though. They're not just going to say, sorry, you can't go with us anymore. You can't be trusted. They leave him tied up, which is worse. They're not even giving him a chance to go out on his own. Uh, they're basically sentencing him to death. So how that is going to play out? Man, I have no idea. Now we knew, and I have said, that we are heading to the final episodes of World Beyond. We only have three left. Uh, we have episodes eight, nine, and ten left. And then that's it. Ten is the season finale, so it's just going to keep getting crazier and crazier as we progress onto the rest of the season. But it, it's it's starting already. We don't know what's going to happen with Silas. Want to welcome Corey Adams, who's just joined us on Facebook. Welcome, uh, Corey. Cece says they're going to put Silas down. They're going to try to, not in the same way that Carol put Lizzie down. They don't have the stomach to do that. Very few people that we have met so far in the Walking Dead universe have the stomach to do what Carol did to Lizzie, uh, but it needed to be done. So, But if they leave him, as we saw in that teaser trailer, tied up outside of that building, and they leave him, uh yeah they're sentencing him to death so i don't know but i'm very excited to see how that plays out want to welcome naturally on instagram uh ahmad has joined us on instagram as well godfather is with us wow is also with us on instagram welcome to all you guys so we're gonna get into world beyond but let's start with fear the walking dead first okay uh, Another great episode. Another great episode. Uh, Virginia, the spray paint people who we still, again, have no idea who they are, what that damn key does. Nothing. We do know that Virginia is definitely afraid of them. And I found it hysterical in the beginning of yesterday's episode that when... Virginia has that other lady. How many people watching yesterday's episode of Fear the Walking Dead thought that woman running away was Sarah, Mo Collins? Because they were dressed identical, they looked alike, and I'm like, oh my God, that's Sarah. And I'm like, wait a minute, I go to my son who was sitting next to me, is that Sarah? No, it wasn't. But for a while, I thought it was Sarah. I'm like, what the hell is she doing? Uh, How did that happen? But it wasn't. It was just some runaway. We just met her yesterday for a few minutes before she took her own life. And she did take her own life. And whatever she was trying to protect uh, by means of whatever torture Virginia was going to lay on her to get that information, uh, it was so big that she took her own life to protect it so it's huge but yeah she is a part of these spray painters i have no better name to call them right now than the spray painters singer chick writes honestly if you think about it when it comes to mental health in the walking dead universe being put down is probably the best you could hope for there aren't any hospitals or even any doctors that could help them. Uh, true. And how you're being put down, if you get bit, sure. You know, it's a mercy kill. Uh, if you judge someone as guilty of a crime, leaving them tied to a post outside for the walkers to come and get you, just, lo- just like we saw Janice a couple of episodes ago and what Virginia did to her, That's going back to, like, you know, the Salem Witch Trials back in 1692 up in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, Kind of two different things. Uh, I mean, so we had this person in the beginning. And the funny thing was uh, when Virginia looks down on her and says, do I look afraid before that lady even answered? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, you do hell yeah virginia you look afraid and it's written all over your face she is scared she is scared of these people i don't know if it's just the unknown or she does know who they are she has not mentioned anything about a key virginia has not mentioned anything about a key we don't know if she knows about the key We don't know if she knows whatever the key opens up. We have no idea so far. But yeah, she is afraid. Make no mistake about it. Khaleesi writes, Virginia is definitely scared of the painters. That's another one. The painters, the spray painters. Uh, Cece Weezy writes, I'm starting to like Virginia. Virginia is an interesting character. Want to welcome Goldie Singh, who's just joined us on Instagram. As, as also Leo has just joined us on Instagram and has given us a big thumbs up. Uh, Virginia is a complicated character, and we've only just started seeing uh, the layers behind the, the facade behind Virginia. And that brings us to, of course, what happened in the oil well, uh, the oil fields. Uh, you know, she was pushing too hard. It was sabotage. The spray painters sabotaged it. The oil fields are essentially gone. There's no way for them now to uh, make gasoline, which was a luxury that cannot be replicated in the post-apocalyptic world. That was a gold mine, a way to refine oil. uh, And the way they were doing it, they found a way to do it, to refine the oil into gasoline. That that brings power, and now that power is gone. So those people that sabotaged the oil fields were in the oil fields. Did they infiltrate? Were they a part of the workers? No idea again. We have no idea. What we do know, though, is that these people are against Virginia, as is Sherry's people, the white-masked people. They're against Virginia, as is Morgan. Morgan is against uh, Virginia, along with um, Al and Dwight and the group of saviors that they pulled out of that building that was infested with the rats and bubonic plague. So Virginia has a lot of enemies, and that's a big difference from what we saw compared to The Walking Dead. And the antagonist that we've got to see there, going all the way back to the governor, to Negan, it was really, they, were only, they only had to worry about one group. And that's that was Rick. And the Whisperers, it was the communities, it was Daryl that they had to worry about. Virginia has a whole bunch of groups that are out for her ass. So yeah, she is scared. She does have a lot to be afraid of. And we know that she knows about the CRM. She doesn't know a lot about them. But we could surmise based on the end of Season 5 when she pulls Al to the side and telling her that she wants to know everything that she knows about the helicopter people. So Virginia has a lot to be afraid of. So anyway, let's go ahead and read this article and we'll break it down as we go along. So... Here It's basically the review of Season 6, Episode 6 of Fear the Walking Dead. What is there to say really about this week's Fear the Walking Dead? After a strong run of episodes that stumbled with last week's honey, Season 6 completely face plants with bury her next to Jasper's leg. I guess they didn't like it, huh? If I were John Dory, I would cut and run back. To a lakeside cabin, too, but it—I didn't have to be this. It did not have to be this way. There are a few things that work in this episode's favor. Garrett Dillahunt is very good as always. I truly felt John's pain as he confessed his fears to June. If he wants to cut and run, he must have a damn good reason for risking everything to abandon uh, their friends that that he has uh, their escape all mapped out and says how desperately he needs to be free of Ginny. I also like the irony of June being the one who doesn't want to leave. And going to June, guys, in that whole oil field when Virginia gets bit, I mentioned this yesterday to Zoe, who here was not yelling at the TV, to June to just let her die but didn't happen for a moment there I thought it might I thought uh we might lose Virginia like we lost Alpha and Beta became the main antagonist but that did not happen that did not happen uh, we don't know if Virginia used her sister Dakota as a last minute ploy to try to reach June's uh, sympathetic heart to save her life, being that Virginia is the only family that Dakota has left. We don't know. We have no idea because the way they uh, they go back and forth, uh, really making you believe it could be this way, and then something completely different happens. And with Virginia, they did it again um, on Sunday. Uh, I really thought it was a ploy, Uh, you know, her using Dakota and trying to reach June's sympathetic side to cut off the hand and save her life. But then we see Virginia in the car. She supposedly gives June the hospital that she always wanted. And while she's in the car, she asks to speak to her sister. Now, she's free and clear of June's threat at that moment. But she does ask to speak to her sister. And this shows us that her human side, you know, she does. There's a good chance she really does care and love her sister. And there's also the possibility that what she is doing is because of her sister. We don't know, but it's just a contrary thing if we didn't get to see that scene of Virginia in the car asking to speak to her sister after the threat with June had passed, I would have bet you any amount of money that Virginia used Dakota as a ploy to reach June. And so June could cut her hand off. So anyway, uh, if he wants to cut and run, sorry, I read that part. Uh, it's June that doesn't want to leave. To her mind, how can she save lives if she bails? Fair enough, I suppose. June is already feeling low after losing a patient in the field to acute appendicitis, of all things. Still, the fact that John has to plead with June to run off with him made me question why June simply doesn't trust his reasoning for leaving. And, you know, again, that oil field scene, I thought it was epic how all the people that they have were herded into the back of the truck, left unattended, they all died and reanimated. And when they opened up the back of that truck, they all came scurrying out. I thought that was an epic scene. Anyway, if she trusts and loves him, That should be enough, right? It's not until John tells her uh, she'd be saving him by joining him uh, and leaving uh, that June finally understands his survival hinges on their escape. But their plans are put on hold when when Ginny conveniently dispatches both of them to Tanktown, where a catastrophic accident has injured dozens of workers and jeopardizes the settlements crucial fuel supply calling in a field medic to help the injured is straightforward enough even if June and her modest field uh, and her modest resources are being stretched too thin after all there's only so much she can do with a makeshift mobile hospital but she's ready to do her best no matter what it takes And you gotta love June for that. I mean, she really does care and is trying to do the best she can with what she has, with what she knows, to save people, to keep people alive. If you're a fan of June or not, you at least have to respect that part of her character. Shut up, Siri. Anyway... Things only get complicated when Ginny herself shows up at Tank Town to survey the damage. Unlike June, her main concern is salvaging equipment, not saving lives. She's quick to accuse Luciana of sabotage until she sees the end is the beginning spray-painted on a tower. Suddenly, that's... What's meant, to be a res- what's meant to be a rescue mission turns into an interrogation of the workers who are laying there and dying and of course the primary one is Wes who we have not seen Wes this season. We also have not seen Luciana until this past Sunday's episode. Wes is among those in need of immediate medical attention but Ginny is having none of it. Uh, let's see. Carl and Enid has joined us on uh, YouTube. Great name. Uh, Julia O'Connor is with us on Facebook, saying that was awesome with the truck. That was. I loved that scene. I thought it was epic. Uh, Alexander has joined us on Instagram. Jackie's also joined us on Instagram. Mario is also with us, too. Welcome to all you guys who have just joined us. Philip Thomas Thompson writes, yep, it was. Um, so, continuing on. But there is something else about Jasper's leg that works. Ginny and June working at cross-purposes as Tang Town burns around them. As a former trauma nurse, June is sworn to... Do no harm, but Ginny wants answers, and she now believes Wes is part of the meddlesome group of Enders. They're calling them Enders. Never heard that one before. She's even willing to prolong his suffering to get him to confess something that he isn't guilty of. Now, I don't know what's going on with with Wes. I don't believe they had enough time to plant that spray paint evidence in his bunker. Maybe they got the wrong bunker and they were just looking at the wrong person. I have no idea. And it's not this is not Virginia trying to set him up because she is legitimately looking for answers. She is legitimately legitimately looking for somebody to question and get answers to who these people are, and what their intentions are. Uh, We've certainly seen this sort of scenario play out repeatedly in the real world, and it's quite a chilling moment here in the episode. Luckily for Wes, June can't stand idly by, as he needlessly suffers, Ginny's taunts. Uh, Yet the way Ginny justifies her interrogation to June is almost laughable. I never let anybody die for no reason, Ginny says, which honestly is pretty ridiculous on the face of it, especially when you consider that such a game-changing confession seemingly falls on deaf ears, meaning that no matter what excuse or explanation Wes has, She's not going to believe it. You know, in her mind, he's guilty. He's been caught with the evidence. And now he needs to fess up. He needs to fess up who they are, what they want, and what the hell are they doing. Uh, Carl and Enid says he has one question. We'll ask away. Uh, He wants to know who is the better father for Carl Grimes, Negan, Shane, or Rick. That's a no-brainer there. That's a no-brainer there, Carl and Enid. It's Rick Grimes. He is his father, and he was the best father. Negan? Hell no. Shane? No. It's Rick. All right, let's continue on. When an explosion rips through Tang Town, Ginny is bitten on the hand by a walker. This marks a major turning point for the season. Finally, there's a way to take Ginny out without raising suspicion among her loyal rangers. And damn, I mean, I tell you guys, as so many of you have agreed, we were all yelling at the TV for uh, June to just let her die. And I bet if the situation was reversed, and we've said this about Negan back in season 7 and 8, when he was hated, Negan was a hated character, Back in season 7 and 8, he took out Glenn, Abraham, and he was just a prick all around. So, I don't know. Could there be a change coming for Virginia? As Negan, we did not see any kind of redemption for him in season 7 or 8. And right now, I'm actually seeing Virginia as being more redemptive than Negan was in season 7 or 8 of The Walking Dead. So anything can happen. So when Ginny beseeches June to amputate her hand to save her, you hope June will do the right thing. Of course, it's here that the episode takes a turn for the worse when June does indeed save Ginny's life. June knows Ginny isn't a good person, but she's seen firsthand how she treats Tanktown's workers as expendable resources. And she sees it in a way uh, how she tortures Wes. June also sees what being one of Ginny's rangers has done to poor John. And yet June still allows Ginny's sob story about her sister to cloud her better judgment. This isn't just a potentially fatal mistake for the settlements under Ginny's rule. It's a major misstep for fear itself. Listen, I don't agree with that last line. Uh, Obviously, fear is not done with Virginia's character. And we as fans of the show, viewers of the show, are just now starting to peel back the layers Of what Virginia might be about. Yeah, we were all yelling at the TV for June to let her die. Just because of all the bad crap she's done so far. But, who knows? Who knows? We just gotta keep watching. One could argue fear would never kill off its big bad so early. And you'd be right. But on the other hand, why present such a choice if her death is never really on the table i think it's because they just wanted to put june in that moral dilemma all right june is was a trauma nurse she did swear an oath to do no harm just like doctors do uh, and it was a test for june for us as viewers to see which way would she go she was very willing I have no doubt she was not playing any kind of bluffing games with Virginia. She was going to let her die. But what Virginia ended up telling her about that, you know, they call it a sob story about Dakota. I'm kind of on the fence as it was going on. I was calling BS on Virginia right then and there. Later on in the car when she still is insisting to speak to Dakota, it had me questioning Is it a sob story? Was it the truth? Is it the only time that we've seen Virginia so far be honest? Not only with everything else, but her feelings as well. Because because what this succeeds in doing is turning the audience against June. Worse still, fear doubles down on June's poor judgment by using a critical bargaining chip to finally get her hospital funded. This would seem like a noble cause until you consider June's primary motivation is to save lives. Doesn't it stand to reason that taking Ginny out would save far more lives than a hospital would in the long run? Now that's a good point. That's a great point. They make a good point. Can't argue with that. Uh, Letting one bad person die in Virginia uh, could ultimately save a lot more lives than building this hospital that June wants. And let's be realistic here, guys. Whatever hospital Virginia ends up putting together, I mean, what's it really going to be? I mean, seriously. Seriously. They're living in the post-apocalyptic world. It's not going to be full of, uh, you know, MRIs, CAT scans, and a full supply of medications. So what? She's going to give her a building with a stretcher and, what, a couple of needles and something? So I don't know what it is that June is after. In a single hospital, when Virginia's communities are spread out throughout a big part of Texas, how is that going to help you? You're actually better used in that mobile hospital where you can go to place to place. Or the other option is, which is not it's not an easy one, because is to find more people that are medically trained. And trust me, if there were more people medically trained, they would be using them already. So, anyway, well, I want to welcome Deep Spirit, who's with us on Instagram. Hamid is also joining us. Deep Spirit is waving at us. Amy is with us on Instagram and is waving at us. Deep Spirit is asking how we're doing. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for, do- for joining me. Nav Deep is also with us. Call Me Crush is also smiling at us. Welcome to all you guys on instagram so let's finish up let's finish up this article by what's most sorry by what's most egregious to me is that by choosing the hospital she is choosing to stay and by staying she's completely ignoring how john's survival hinges on their escape honestly if fear if fear is so keen to shoot itself in the foot i can hardly mount a reasonable defense for why anyone should see past these flawed narrative decisions so maybe it's for the best that amc is wrapping up the first half of the season an episode early yes because of the pandemic we're only getting seven episodes for now with next week's Damage from the Inside serving as the mid-season finale. And that's it. We're not going to get another Fear episode, probably until sometime in February. And yes, I realized the potential irony of episode 7's title, title, which is again called Damage from the Inside. Just to be clear, my issue with this episode Isn't with the acting, as Jenna Elfman brings a lot of depth to what is otherwise a thankless role, but because of this episode, she's been cast in an unflattering light that may prove difficult to overcome. Don't agree with that. Honestly, while I've rooted for June and John to be together and remain together, Jasper's leg left me hoping for him to follow through on his plan in an hour filled with questionable choices, leaving June definitely behind, wasn't one of them, and he does. And that's, and as I told Zoe yesterday, that really surprised me, and it should tell all of us the amount of emotional distress that John Dory is under right now in Fear of the Walking Dead. We all know how much he loves June. He would die for her. But yet, he tells her flat out. She hears him, but she doesn't listen to him. Okay? She is too wrapped up in her own little bubble of what's going on that she's not listening to what John is telling her. And in the end, it did surprise me. That he chose to split, he split, and he let his wife June go off with uh, the others. That surprised me. I thought it was a great twist. It's something I did not see coming, uh, and you—it it just cannot. There is no better way to show John's emotional distress right now than how they ended uh, Sunday's episode with him deciding to leave June and run off. Because from what we know of John Dory and his love for, for June, the man that we knew would never do that. So we know that he's under a lot of distress for him to leave her behind. Uh, Khaleesi writes, yep, it did me too. Uh, Julia on Facebook writes, June has always put herself first. It's not surprising that she is going this way with the hospital. Great point, Julia. June has, uh, by her own admission, ran away. That's how we met her. What, her name was Naomi at first, and then it was another fake name before we finally learned her real name? She was a runner. Uh, Madison... Uh, And Alicia brought her into the stadium. They trusted her. She left. She betrayed them. And oh, Laura, yeah, it was Naomi, then Laura, now June. So, yeah, yeah, she doesn't have a great history. And what she did yesterday, uh, sorry, on Sunday, is not the biggest unforgivable thing that June has done so far on Fear of the Walking Dead. That's my take. Uh, so, like I said, she's been a runner her whole life, so I understand when, uh, she's talking to John just before they get in their cars to drive away at the end, that she doesn't want to run anymore. I can understand that. She doesn't want to run, and I think John understands that, and that's why he doesn't continue to push the issue with her. So, he respects her decision to stay, but he books it. He's gone. Uh, Of course, he's not leaving the show. We're going to see him come back. There is war. There is war coming. The war is already going on on Fear of the Walking Dead. Right now, it's more of a guerrilla-type war being fought behind the scenes. But we have all these different groups that I mentioned in the beginning of the episodes. And they all have really, you know... They have one thing in common. They want to take out Virginia. Whether these groups, the masked people, the spray painters, Morgan, Dwight, Al, if they can all combine, Virginia doesn't stand a chance. But can they agree? Can they work together? Can they come up with a way uh, to agree with each other, not fight amongst each other, to take out their common enemy? So we'll see. C.C. Wheezy writes, Morgan needs to find John. That would be great. And that may happen. That may happen. We just have to wait and find out. Want to say hello to Nithon who's joining us on Instagram. Primordial is also with us on Instagram. Zachary Thomas John uh, just checked in with us on Instagram. Welcome. Jackie's giving us smiley love faces. Summer has joined us on YouTube saying if June don't wait, if June don't wait, John, he can walk my You know what, (laughs) Summer and her brain in the gutter. Ah, should have realized, Summer, before I started reading your comment. Welcome, Summer. Khaleesi writes, uh, he's the, he's only one Morgan hasn't run into yet. I'm hoping Sunday night. Julia on Facebook writes, I can't wait to see what the white mass people are going to do. Well, it's Sherry, and, uh, you know, let's see what Sherry does. So, in the time remaining, guys, let's talk about the world beyond. Okay, like I said, uh, Silas... Oh, boy, you know, uh, let's just start reading. In the spin-off series' first episode, Huck hinted at having a tragic backstory... Well, that's explored in full force in Truth or Dare, which was last Sunday's episode. And I said this—I uh, don't well—I don't know if I have said this or not. But Huck, so far from all the backstories that we have seen this past Sunday, where we got to see Huck's backstory, uh, played by Annette Mahendru, is by far the most interesting. Okay, she was a Marine. And they were ordered by Central Command to kill anything, living or dead. Anything walking, you kill it. And her group of Marines were getting ready to kill innocent civilians, unarmed, just sitting down there. And on the count of three, Huck turns her gun on her fellow Marines and takes them out. And we find out the origin of that scar on her face. It's to always remember the choice that she made. I don't, we all we all I don't know if we agree or not that she made the right choice, the wrong choice. That's a matter of opinion, okay? But she did make the decision to uh, kill her fellow Marines as opposed to killing innocent civilians. And she gave herself that scar on her cheek to never forget the decision she made. And we also know, through the conversations that she's been having with Hope, that some people just have to live and carry the truth by themselves so that other people can just live happily in bliss. Not everybody needs to know what is the truth, especially if the truth is going to hurt them. Anyway, in the present, the group plus Huck, who uh, come back in the opening minutes, celebrate after making a huge discovery in regards to the CRM, where Hope and Iris' father is stationed. That said, not everyone's happy the newcomers Tony and Percy have joined the crew on a permanent basis and that discontent leads to a jaw-dropping conclusion that completely reframes one of the show's central characters. Let's go ahead and break it down. The CRM breakthrough comes courtesy of solving the coded maps and it's Ithaca. Upstate New York, Ithaca, is where Leo Bennett supposedly is and maybe just maybe that's where Rick Grimes is maybe uh, the, the decoding of the map allows the group to see the locations of not only CRM oil stations but also the exact location of a DNA, DNA strand on the New York map Lt. Kublik, Julia Ormond, gave the sisters. They now know exactly where to go to find their dad and how to get enough fuel to get there. That's cause for joy for most as the group celebrates with the exception of a not-quite-right huck. Felix and Tony share some booze on the roof and reflect on their duties to the kids during which Tony says some horrible, some horribly foreshadowing words about Percy, I'd give my life for his. Come on, dude, don't say that. Them's the kind of words that get you killed on the Walking Dead sh- universe. Meanwhile, upstairs, the teens play a game of truth or dare. Percy's a little mean to Iris when she says uh, the thing that she wants most. Of, you know, when she picks truth, is to see the Louvre. He mimics sleeping and tells her he thought she'd say something more exciting. But the real agony comes when he asks Hope, who also again picks truth, to say the worst thing that she's ever done. Now, we all know what, Hope, what Hope's thing is, the worst thing that she's ever done. She spins a story about spiking the teacher's coffee, with laxatives at the campus, Colony, but Percy sees right through her and demands as she chose the truth. Drunk and visibly upset, she storms away only to have the person involved with the real worst thing that she's ever done come running after her, and that of course is Elton. The poor guy gives her a hug in an attempt to make her feel better, but she says she needs to be alone. And she also tells him that he's drunk. Which he is. Elton is drunk. <laughs> that was kind of an awkward hug that he gives Hope. Hope heads up to the roof where she comes face to face with an equally morose huck. She's been up there to reflect on her time in the Marines. That's her tragic backstory. She ended up killing her whole team including the guy she seemingly was in a relationship with, to protect a group of innocent civilians. Their orders were to kill everyone, living or dead, in the area, and she could not allow her fellow soldiers to fire on a group of defenseless people who have done nothing wrong. Fun fact, the scar on her face is self-inflicted, She cut herself there to mimic the scar of her boyfriend, question mark, who she killed? No. That's why they put a question mark there. The reason she put that scar on her cheek is to never forget what she did. And why do I say that? Because as she's explaining uh, how people have to carry the stuff and never forget, that's when they are flashing back to when she's in the bathroom and she slices her cheek open. Anyway, it's at that moment that Huck gives some controversial advice. She tells Hope not to tell Elton what she did. Isn't that letting him live a lie? Hope asks. Huck counters with, It's not a lie if Elton doesn't know there's a truth to be found. Basically, it's kind of this show's version of the 100. I bear it so you don't have to type of thing. The whole squad heads to the CRM oil storage facility where Hope and Huck run into some serious trouble. There's a guy there who's maybe three quarters of the way into becoming a walker from a bite wound on his leg. He holds a gun on Hope. He thinks they are the CRM. And he's got no love in his heart for the helicopter people. Huck manages to de-escalate the situation and lies to him, saying that she can save him. Once the gun is down and Hope is safe, she shoots him. And that's that. You see, we're starting to learn that Hope is the kind of person, like Carol, to use an example... Who is willing to stand up and do the stuff that nobody is able to do. To make the hard decisions. And as the episodes wear on, I am getting a lot more respect for Huck. And the kind of person she is. What she is willing to do to protect the ones that she cares about. And the sacrifices that she is willing to make. Uh, Khaleesi on YouTube writes, Huck never wavered and was so cool the way she talked him down. Oh, she, she is a Marine. Uh, AJ, on um, YouTube writes, or like Rick in season eight. Exactly. Just like Rick. Want to say hello to Kurt, who's just joined us on Instagram. Welcome. Uh, Marsley is also with us, saying the Walking Dead with a big love heart. Welcome to all you guys. Zappa is also with us on Instagram. So, anyway, they get the fuel they need and they head to a cute lakefront house where some seriously horrific shit goes down. Percy tries to flirt with Iris in the way that only an awkward teenage boy can. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's funny. Uh, Asking her to meet him out by the truck later that night. She doesn't understand why he's being so weird, but she agrees. Silas looks on, obviously displeased with this development. When Iris goes to meet Percy, she discovers that he's turned the bed of the truck into a makeshift Louvre. Now, the Louvre is one of the most famous art museums, and it's in Paris. By cutting pictures of paintings out of books and hanging them all around the space as well as arranging candles throughout. It's incredibly sweet, but Percy's nowhere to be found. Iris heads back inside to find him, but instead she finds Tony's body. He, His head has been completely smashed in, and even saying smashed in is too polite of what really happened. The whole group assembles and they discover... Who appears to have done it? Silas, who's chilling in the corner of the room, he's in a bathroom stall, with his knuckles all bloodied. A half-drunk bottle of beer and a frightened emptiness in his eyes. Yikes! Was the madman across the water Silas the whole time? So... Wow. I mean, they did end yesterday's uh, World Beyond on a, uh, a plot twist. And make no mistake about it, Silas did not kill Tony because he's jealous of Iris. Now, Percy ran away. The blood trail led to someone getting out from the window. So we don't know what happened. Did Silas attack Percy did Tony try to get involved and Tony ended up bearing the brunt? That's what they're implying in this article. When they had when they said the whole foreshadowing thing of what Tony was saying to Felix on how he would, you know, sacrifice his own life to save Percy. Is that what happened in the bathroom? Uh and you know, Tony stepped in. As Silas was getting violent with Percy and Tony ended up dying, or it could be the complete opposite. Uh, Stone Walker writes, I feel like Percy did it. At this point, we don't know. Singer Chick writes, Viz, do you think Percy killed Tony and Silas came in on it? We don't know. Anything is possible at this moment. What do we really know about Percy? Not anything more than we knew about Tony. There was no indication that Percy was in any way willing to kill his, uh, his uncle. But here's a twist. What if Tony is, is a child abuser? What if he's a molester? What if he's been molesting Percy all this time? What if Silas walked in on that and he saved Percy's life? That's a whole other angle. In fact, that's the one that came into my mind as I was watching the show. Another angle sticking with the whole abusive, maybe molester thing is what if Tony tried to hurt Silas and then Percy, you know, walked in on that. But it seems more likely that Silas walked in on Tony doing something to Percy. That, if I was going to bet on something, I would really lean towards that conclusion more. Silas walked into that bathroom as Tony was abusing, molesting Percy. Uh, Silas stepped in. I think it triggered what most likely was going on between Silas and his father and what led Silas to killing his father in self-defense. And the same thing played out between Silas and Tony in World Beyond. Um, Stonewalker writes, I had that same idea. Lindsay Sparks on Facebook writes, it could be all of the above. CeCe writes, and it reminded me of Silas of what his father had done to him. Exactly. Uh, Khaleesi writes, that makes so much more sense. But regardless, from the trailer that we saw, Silas uh, ends up getting kicked off the island, for lack of a better term. Not only do they exile him, they tie him up outside and supposedly leave him. I just don't see, you know how trailers work. They put in a bunch of scenes really quickly and when we actually watch the episode, it's not how it actually plays out. They wanted us to believe that maybe they left him tied up and they left. I just don't see Felix, Huck, Iris, Hope doing that to their worst enemy, let alone Silas. I just don't see that happening. I think they do initially tie him up as they're trying to figure out what's going on. They don't know what kind of a danger he might be to them. Uh, But I just don't really see the group tying up Silas and them just leaving him there, which is what Virginia did to Janus two weeks ago. Or in the episode before this last one on Fear the Walking Dead. Anyway, guys, we actually had a topic for tonight, but reviewing the episodes took up all the time. It was great sharing and hearing your guys' thoughts. Thank you for hearing my thoughts and theories about uh, the two great episodes we got this past Sunday. It's always a treat and a pleasure To come here every night and talk to you guys. Thank you so much. All of you around the world who join me every evening. Please visit our website, deadtalklive.com. Remember, our social media name is changing. From It has changed from Walking Dead Now to Dead Talk Live. That's on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Walking Dead now is going to cease to exist, and we are now Dead Talk Live. A more better accurate description of what our social media is all about. Thank you so much, guys. We'll be announcing the date for Alexa, who plays Charlie on Fear the Walking Dead, maybe as soon as tomorrow. I will be back on the air again tomorrow. Stay safe. And always stay walking. Good night, everyone.